0: Hello entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound Podcast, where we help you leverage inbound marketing strategies to grow your business. This week, I interview Avery Melcher, a marketing content and SEO expert. We chat about search engine optimization, otherwise known as SEO, for your blogs. In other words, we discuss how to rank your blogs in Google. This interview is like no other interview I've ever done before, We went through so much information. I had to split the interview into three parts. I want to make sure that you as a listener can absorb the information and apply it to your blogging efforts. So in this part of the interview, Avery defines SEO, why it's important. The six factors to get your blog to rank in Google and some external factors to consider when writing an awesome blog post. In the second part, Avery explains keyword research and the SEO toolkit you need to get started. In the final part, we go through an impromptu content research session to show you what to look for when comparing your blogs to your competitors. This series is a short masterclass on SEO for blogging. You'll want to listen until the very end and subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast so you don't miss the next two parts. Avery, thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, so I want everyone to know in our discovery call, where Avery and I were like just getting to know each other, it was supposed to be a 15 minute call. <laughs> But it ended up being a full hour of us telling each other stories and memories. (laughs) So we got to know each other pretty well. (laughs) And I know that Avery loves to travel and she's been traveling all around the world and right now she's in Argentina. And my first question for you, Avery, is where was your favorite place to visit?
1: I, yeah, I know I've said this to you before, but I hate this question because it's the hardest to answer. And I feel like I offend people if I don't say the country I'm in. So, you know, if you're an Argentinian and asking where my favorite place to travel, it's Argentina. (laughs) Um, But I would say if I had to just pick play, oh man, I would say Colombia and Scotland were two of my favorite countries.
0: Okay, I was gonna dive right into SEO, but why those two places? You need context, yeah. I was,
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, because no, they it. seem so different. Uh, we're, we're done now. Um, Colombia has just a vibrancy that I love. Like it's contagious—the mood and the attitude and the life and loudness that's just happening all around you. Um, it's also a beautiful country. It's one of the most divert, um, biodiverse countries in the world. I think it's second to Ecuador. Um, so you can be in the mountains, hiking on a glacier and then you can be in, on a white sand beach and then you could be in a jungle that like people haven't been, like there's not even maps, it's not mapped out. And so I just love that. And it's all very close. It's close, but it takes a very long time to travel because there aren't a lot of developed roads. So and it also feels like that travel experience that everyone says they want when they travel like to find a new place to go on these uncharted adventures i there are very few places in the world that still feel like that today and i felt like that in colombia <laughs> so that's colombia and scotland is beautiful like if you it totally shocked me i didn't really know anything about it when i went i just went because i was in europe and if anyone's traveled through europe they know ryanair flights and i had found like a six dollar plane ticket and i was like yeah i can go to scotland for the weekend i was in london at the time so i found a six dollar plane ticket to edinburgh and while i was there some people invited me to go take a road trip through the highlands and like the photos i took you would have thought that i spent a ton of time turning up this color saturation and they're not it, like, that's just what the place looks like. So uh, yeah, those are my two and, and they are vastly different. One I love because of the nature and the one I love because of the people and the culture.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, you're making it really hard for everybody listening because everyone's stuck at home, <laughs> 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 but thank you for sharing that with us and let's dive into SEO. So when I was preparing for this, I literally had a million questions for you because you know, there's like SEO for the website and then for blogging, but let's stick to SEO for blogging. okay? Okay. Because that's what, that's what people are doing on like a weekly basis. Right. So let's help everybody do that. Um, can you tell us what SEO is and why it's important? Yeah. The
1: shortest answer I give people is it's the way to be found on Google. Um, like when, when someone asks me, like, I have no idea what SEO is, the word itself stands for search engine optimization. And it's a matter of doing certain things on your website, writing in a particular way that pleases the SEO gods or the Google gods <laughs> is kind of what I say to people. So that's the simplest version and you need it because you're website, as everyone has experienced in recent times 2020 is the brick and mortar of your store. Like it's the, it's the storefront of your business and more and more people are online entrepreneurs. And we may have things like social media going on that are bringing us traffic and bringing us potential clients, but you own your website. And it's like the difference between renting property on social media and owning your home. And then SEO is kind of what keeps your home up. It's like the maintenance to make sure people keep driving by and it doesn't look like abandoned property.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great analogy. (laughs) I I like that. I also, um, in one of your videos that I watched SEO is also very much like you work on it once and then it just constantly generates traffic and leads and then eventually customers to you. So you work on it once and then it can potentially still be working for you years later.
1: Yes, that's kind of, it's it's a double-edged sword there. So ideally with SEO, you wanna be up, the one factor of ranking on Google is continually updating your website. Mm-hmm. So you do want to continue to ha- like be updating things, following best practices. Like you said, if you're blogging, it doesn't have to be every week, but once a month or once every two months, it's not just you do nothing on your website for years and then you post eight blog posts and then you're not going to do anything else for two more years. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure anyone listening doesn't do that. Any we're working on our businesses all the time. But that being said, as long as you are doing your day-to-day maintenance of a business, and that could be as simple as when you update your prices or your service offerings, you're in there updating web pages. Google indexes that and knows that, and then what's happening is all of the SEO content that you've already written continues to help you. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start to see exponential growth because you're not recreating the wheel. Again, I like to relate it to social media because every time you post, it's almost like you're starting from scratch. You need to post something new. The post you posted three years ago no one's thinking of or remembering or, you know, when's the last time you got a customer from a post on Instagram from three years ago. Um, But blog posts that were written three years ago and still ranking on Google will still bring you traffic. Um, One of my oldest posts on my blog, I think it's two years old. And it brings me over a 1000 new visitors every month
0: on my website.
1: For a two year old blog post that I wrote one lazy Saturday morning, I'm very happy with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that really highlights the importance of SEO and why people really should be focusing on creating that content. And like you said, it doesn't have to be every week, but it has to be on a consistent basis, even if it's like every two months.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's what I, I really teach that too, because when people say there's kind of two parts, either, you're a blogger and a writer and trying to build your portfolio and show your services with blogging. And so blogging makes perfect sense. Or that is your revenue approach. If you're doing affiliate sales, um, or have like the influencer route, or you're a business owner and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't do another thing, or I don't want to be an influencer. And so that's where I say, like, I built my entire website with a, one blog post every six to eight weeks, I was really lazy. And I got up with that being really intentional with every post to over 10,000 visitors per month. In a, year, in a year, I'll give you a time frame there for some context, but it went, Still. From, um, you know, less, I think it was less than 200. It was like my mom and her friends were visiting the website and then I was like okay we're gonna we're gonna actually make this a thing and uh, you know I just like everyone else who's really well intentioned I was like I'm gonna write a blog I'm gonna wake up every morning at 5 a.m I'm gonna write from 5 a.m to 7 a.m with coffee and then I'm gonna go to work Mm -hmm. and that translated into a blog post every six days.
0: <laughs> I did not wake up at five a.m. <laughs> but your your mom and her friends like that's that's the key. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. from this story, <laughs> trendsetters. It's, yeah. Okay, so everyone, you just have to make sure Avery's mom gets on your website. <laughs> but
1: so you have to send her the URL. She always would ask for it individually, like every time. She thought it was something that you downloaded on your computer. And so she's like, I deleted your website and she called me really distraught one time. And I'm like, I don't think you deleted my website.
0: Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> so send your
1: URLs my way and I'll pass them on to mom. For some okay,
0: library. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that Google indexes your your, your blogs and your content on your website. Can you briefly explain what that is? Because I know that's super important in SEO for people to understand.
1: Yeah. So, when I say Google indexes, there are, as we know, Google's a huge company and they have more computers working for them than people, I'm sure. So, with the indexing, most of it is done by computer. We call them crawlers or spiders, and it's an extension of the algorithm. And they're going in through every website on the internet through a regular cadence, that's why it is important to be updating your website because they take shortcuts, right? So if they come to a website and they're like, nothing on this website has been updated for two years and we crawled it six months ago, we don't need to crawl it again. And so when you're posting new things, it's showing, it's like kind of calling back the Google spiders and the crawlers to come check it out. And then the things that they're looking at there, again, we know Google is, they know what they're doing and they have their crawlers using human intelligence, you <laughs> know, using the artificial intelligence to mimic human behavior online. And so they're actually going through and can look at things like readability and go in here and say, this is difficult for a human to read even though it's a computer telling us that information. They're also looking at how long something is and the quality, did you just put your keyword a thousand times into a thousand word document and publish it for the sake of, you know, it, it's gotten more sophisticated than that. It's not just saying this keyword is used on this page, therefore this page must be about that. It now can go in and rather than just looking at keyword, it's using something called keyword usage and density. How many times did you use it? It's also looking at variations because as humans, We don't say the same word over and over. We use synonyms, we use related terms. So it's looking at those things. I already mentioned length. It's looking at user experience, images, structure, layout. Do you have videos that are gonna keep people on the page watching? And then, the other thing it's looking at are linking and it's, it's looking at a lot of things but these are the most important and that's linking. And we want to be linking to other websites who are reputable in our industry but also other pages on our own website. Cause again, that goes back to reminding Google that you have other pages on your website. Even if you haven't updated them, if you've recently linked to a page that hasn't been updated in a while, it's telling Google, I care about this page my customers care about this page. You should too.
0: And you should head back over there and check it out. So these are the Google factors uh, when they rank a website or a blog. If people just follow that list, are are you good? Like if I just, okay, length, usability, readability, all those things. Is that enough?
1: Oh, yes and no yes and no um so i have and i can say these in a a clear list there's six of them keyword usage length optimized images internal linking external linking and readability Mm -hmm. and in a sense yes if you follow that you'll you'll rank and those are the characteristics and components of a really well put together piece of seo content but then within each one of those, there are a couple of different things. You know, they're kind of subjective. What does readability mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to mean the same thing for every blog post and every industry. The same thing for length. I can't tell you, you have to write twelve hundred words every time, or you have to write five hundred, or you need to write two thousand. Um, things are trending generally towards longer form copy. So I always say like, long form copy wins the day. But within each of these, there's still more
0: research you have to do to know what's going to rank. Okay, so let's say, whatever industry you're in, for each one of these things, you should be able, you should do research on each one to find out what is, I guess, best practice for your industry.
1: Yeah, and you can do research at once for all of these. It's kind of a matter of, I, I do like to use this real estate reference I've already used once, but it's it's a matter of like checking out the neighborhood and seeing what's already there. And if you're you know driven through a neighborhood with a homeowner's association, everyone has the same paint color painted door or a fence, a privacy fence. And you know, if you wanna be in that neighborhood, you're gonna to have to paint your door that color and get a fence. Um, It's the same thing. If you go looking in Google and see you, you first have to start with your keyword. And once you pick that keyword, there are tools that can help you out. But if you don't have a budget, or even if you do have a budget, you still should be going to Google, actually typing in that keyword and seeing what's in the neighborhood of the keywords. And if you're seeing that all those results are exactly the same, then you know that you're gonna have to have something like in that vein as well. And that's gonna kind of knock out all six of these things all at once for you. You're gonna be able to click around and you're gonna see, okay, all of these are really long blog posts. All of these have really beautiful images or none of them have images because maybe it's a business blog and we don't need images. Um, And then readability is going to be A little specific to your industry, you're gonna know that pretty intuitively. Uh, Lawyers can get away with things that are a bit more technical than somebody who's writing for lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, As a general rule, you want the easiest to read. You don't want three and four syllable words. Um, You don't want super long sentences you don't want paragraphs with a lot of sentences in them. So this kind of goes back to just general writing, um, one to three sentences per paragraph, and then you do a line break, around 20 words per uh, sentence. And like that's kind of the readability factor for you. The other thing that surprises people is the reading level you should be shooting for online is fifth grade reading level. Um, Because there's a wide range of people who have different education levels, but we are all starting to read our content on this Mm -hmm. and I always say like, like the our, the level of reading that we're going to do decreases as the screen size decreases. I might open up a legal document and read it on my computer. I'm not gonna read it on my phone. (laughs) And I'm not gonna read it on my phone while I'm standing in line at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about people people are listening to music while they're scrolling through the website. They're waiting to pick up the kids at school and just like scrolling through things. So they're skimming, they're not giving you their 100% attention. I'm sure your readers and customers are very intelligent, smart people but they're busy and they're not
0: dedicating all their time to you. How do you make sure that you're writing blogs that not only rank, but then convert?
1: That's a little bit of, that's taking these six elements of good SEO copy, and then also weaving in what you know about customer behavior and consumer behavior. So you have to think about what the goal is of the blog post before you start writing. And you also have to decide what convert means to you. Um, More often than not, if you try to go for a hard sale in a blog post, it's not going to land well. And if you just think about that, like it sounds disappointing at first because you're like, well, I thought we're writing blog posts to make more sales. And it's like, well, yes, but, you know, we've all gotten. Yeah. And we've all gotten those like slimy cold dms or facebook messages or linkedin messages that are like hi elizabeth and my name's avery you would love our services we do this this and this or join my coaching program it's exactly what you need and i open it up and it's like a coaching program for like single dads in michigan and i'm like you didn't even look at my profile did you? Like you literally are just blanketing the internet with your cold pitch. That's not what we want to do with blogs. That's not how you get a conversion. <laughs> so uh, I was... mind blowing. Like what? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I have to come on here and break everyone's heart. No. Damn it. <laughs> I, know. I know you don't subscribe to that anyway. So I know we in the right place. But I like to, that's what I like to tell my clients and kind of train people is a conversion could mean a lot of things for a blog post. And if you've ever done paid ads too, like the you have conversion events and that could be they're on the blog post and they click through to a product page or they're on the blog post and you send them an email pop-up and they subscribe to your email. They're now a lead or even a matter of keeping someone on a page long enough. Um, I worked with a student in my program and she said that she it's about knowing your data. She, She's like, I know if I have someone on my website for two to three minutes, that they're a lead and I can convert them. And I don't know what kind of magic she was doing after they were on there, but she's like, I just need to know how to put together something good that gets people there, gets eyeballs, keeps them engaged for two to three minutes. And then that's kind of, they're in, you know, that's Mm -hmm. getting their foot in the door. So you have to establish those goals. And you also have to think about There are sometimes going to be posts and content that you write for SEO for the purpose of simply getting traffic and getting more rankings and that alone is a goal as well. So if you're starting with SEO. Know that that should be the intent first and you should be doing keyword research and everything you can do to rank Um, and then a sale or moving people along, you need to have a strategy for capturing that traffic once it gets to your website, Mm -hmm. because depending on your service, it's unlikely that they're going to go directly from that blog post and say, yes, I want this woman's $20,000 mastermind program. Yeah. Um, If it's a $5 t-shirt maybe, and I find you know, you're a boutique and you have a really cute roundup of products and a styling guide. I might be like, heck yes, I want that. So it's also about knowing your industry and your consumer behaviors um, Mm -hmm. and knowing your data. And that's a matter of going to Google Analytics. It's if you're a service provider, asking your customers where they come from um, and then watching kind of repeat visitors to your website as well in Google Analytics
0: hmm all those metrics to keep an eye out on. So mm-hmm. I actually just wanna identify them because we can probably talk about metrics for a while, but it's really looking at, first of all, if you're ranking. So if you're getting people to your website and then depending on your industry, like the metrics you look at are kind of different, but I think repeat visitors is a really good one to look at. And then also the time that they spend on your website. And if they're yeah. clicking, but that's not really in like Google Ana- analytics, but yeah, that's like later on in the funnel.
1: <laughs> yeah. And with SEO in particular, what I see is, um, you know, that's my goal is to get your rankings up and there are a couple of different ways to look at that. If you're doing your own SEO or working with someone and you're saying my rankings are going up. You'll see your rankings move up before you'll see your traffic move up because rankings ranking could mean anywhere between one and 99 on Google. So that's anywhere between page one and page 10. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't click to page 10 very often when I'm looking for something. So you have to give it a little bit of time to get you to page one, two, and three. That's where you start start seeing your traffic increase. So you'll initially see your rankings go up and then you'll see a little bit more delayed, your traffic go up. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: a way that you can start to determine if you found a good keyword, there are things that you can do in advance while doing keyword research. But then once you're already ranking for something, you can go in and you can say, this blog post is ranking for this keyword. We're number one on Google, we should be getting 80% of the clicks of people coming to that. And supposedly there are 500 people a month that search for that keyword. Mm -hmm. So we should be getting a couple hundred people a month on this blog post. You can then go to Google analytics and see the monthly traffic on that blog post. And if the monthly traffic isn't that, it could be a keyword that is just not that high value and people just aren't really clicking through. So yes, people are searching, but maybe it's a search in Google that has a quick answer, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're, saying, you know, where is Texas and yeah. you don't have to click the blog post to get that answer. Cause the way Google has designed their layout. Now you can see it in the little snippets there. So people could yeah. be reading through but not actually clicking anything. So that's one way to evaluate that after the fact. And then when it comes to trying to get people to convert and engage on your content, I'm looking at time on page, how many pages they're visiting on the website. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I wanna be seeing, if you're bringing people in from blog posts, you wanna be seeing them go to more than one page on your website, because that means they're then clicking to your service pages, your product pages. Um, And then I also do like to see entry point. You can see on Google if the first place that person is coming to your website is from a blog post. Um, and then you, you can start to attribute and say, yes, my SEO is working. My blogging is working because I had a thousand visitors on my website this month and 90, 900 of them came from blog posts.
0: I thought you were referring to like channels, but entry point is different.
1: Yeah, it yeah. will. Yeah. It will tell you like on that page and then mm-hmm. how many were you Like that was the first page on your website. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Channels. Um, if you are trying to only look at your SEO efforts, you would want to sort it by organic search.
0: Okay. I, okay. For anyone listening, if everyone is confused at this point, all you have to do is follow Avery Melcher on Instagram and she goes into detail into all these things. So like, Don't hesitate. She gives you a lot more information, but we're just trying to do high level here. So if you need more information, just follow her.
1: (laughs) I actually have a a featured story that goes into like five minutes, what everything you need to know and nothing you don't about Google analytics. Cause there's so much, like you can spend hours and hours tracking and just having data
0: doesn't help. It doesn't help you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. That's why I'm like, As you were explaining it, I'm like, I've seen this. And I was like, she goes into more detail on Instagram. So, just for everyone who needs a little bit more information, we are going to move on to the next topic. But if you do need more information, it is on her Instagram. Thank you for listening to the very first part of my interview with Avery Melcher. I left the resources in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the Marketing Bound podcast so you don't miss the next episode about keyword research.